Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Yesterday, our phone lines were absolutely chock-a-block. And I'll tell you what happened. We got an email from Geraldine Renton, who is a mother who's been providing round-the-clock care for a terminally ill son for the past 18 years. Uh, he has Hunter syndrome, and sadly, he's close to end of life, and he is terminally ill. Um, she works around the clock. She described her life. And then a lot of other women, it was primarily women, came on the air and talked to us about their lives dealing, you know, with their children with disabilities and how they had to basically spend their day with them, no sleep and no assistance from the state or very little assistance from the state. And how Geraldine's story started, of course, was because her husband had got a rise of €100 Euro in work, she was cut off the carer's allowance. Now, she went over the, uh, I think it was €635, Euro she went over, which means that she lost that 219 that she was, would have been getting. Now, remembering, of course, that our son Ethan is double incontinent, which means, of course, she obviously has to buy a lot of stuff, nappies and all sorts of carry on as well for him, too. So um, she was distraught, as were many of the mothers. And I was distraught actually listening to them. And I couldn't believe this was actually happening in a country that's just spent or probably going to cost us about 45 billion for COVID-19. How we couldn't, uh, you know, administrate, you know, for extreme cases and certain cases. And I understand there are people who abuse systems as well. I get that, too. But generally speaking, people who are looking after or caring for people with disabilities. They deserve every bit of support and help they get. And to help me a little bit to understand this better, or maybe what we can do about it, Stephen Donnelly joins me on the line, who's the Fianna Fáil TD uh, for Wicklow and spokesperson for health and disability. And also I am joined as well by Catherine Cox, who's head of communication at the uh, uh, the Carer Engagement Family Carers Ireland. Um, now, let me just go to Stephen if I can. And good afternoon to you both, by the way, Catherine, as well. But let me go to Stephen first if I can. Stephen, listening to these stories yesterday, it was quite harrowing. It was horrible to hear I was practically in tears listening to one or two of these mothers who literally were getting no sleep. And then on top to top it all off, they get cut off their carer's allowance if they go over this limit. And, you know, the limit is quite low or it's set quite low. Uh, good afternoon, Niall. Thanks for having me on. I, I, sh- I absolutely share your, your response. You know, one of the funny things, you, one of the things you do as a TD that you don't really do in any other walk of life is you knock on a lot of doors and you talk to a lot of people in your constituency and I've been doing it for about nine years now and the most difficult conversations I have year after year after year are with the parents of children who have special educational needs and who have health issues and chronic diseases and disabilities and listening to their stories. Just like you yesterday, there's there's doors... I was devastated. Stephen, I I was actually, during the break, I, I was crying I, I generally one of these women brought me to tears that she said her son doesn't know what sleep is he, he's awake at two o'clock in the morning he thinks it's daytime and she's awake all the time with him she gets no sleep they don't get holidays they don't get to go out her life that's her life now she wouldn't turn her back on her son she loves him obviously clearly but she wants more help and and then to listen to the fact that just because her husband gets a rise you know she's cut off the covid payment or that the covid payment the carers payment i mean that's ridiculous it, it, it's not just, yes, it is ridiculous and, and it's inhuman. I mean, you, I, I, I meet mums and dads in their houses and they're, they're, they're helping their kids. They, have, they dedicate their entire lives, every waking moment. And as you say, every waking moment can be right through the night. They are very often physically, emotionally exhausted. Mm-hmm. They're, they're struggling financially because one of them usually, you know, they usually can't both work. 
and as you say, all of the costs are not are not covered. And no. my view is that the state has failed for, in the first instance these children, and in the second instance their parents for a very long time. And we've got to do something about it, and we've got to do something about it now. Because my view, for what it's worth, is we should judge ourselves not on fancy economic numbers and things like that. We need like to that. value should, these, yeah. these primarily women. There are men in this situation yeah. too, but primarily women. We need to value them for what they're doing in society, which is firstly saving the state money because if they weren't there, these children would be obviously residents of the state and they would have to be cared for by the state because we voted in a referendum to protect children. So the state would have to fund that. I mean, these women, they're getting the equivalent of five euro an hour even when they're getting the carer's allowance for basically raising a child that needs 24-hour care. You know yeah. what I mean? And we need to value them. We need to value them, and, and we need to value them financially, as you say. They are, in, in pure cash terms, they are, they are saving uh, the state an absolute fortune, but obviously the value is, 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 is much more than that. There's and we the, need, the we need to support them in their own children. mental health as well, by the way. They need count- a lot of these women that I spoke to yesterday clearly need counselling. They really do, and one of the things that helps a lot, one of the things that parents in Wicklow say to me a lot is, we just need more respite. You know, they'll say, this is my beautiful son or this is my beautiful daughter and I, I am dedicating my life to, to, to caring for him or her. But dear God, I just need a bit of respite. You know, I was talking to a mum in Bray uh, during the elections, actually, back in, back in January and I couldn't begin to describe the exhaustion in her face and in her voice. Mm-hmm. And she said, Stephen, I've been waiting a year and a half for respite. And a bit like you, I actually left that door very upset, uh, uh, very difficult. Like, that, I mean, what does it take for women okay. to? What does it take for these women yesterday? There was about six, six or seven of them yesterday, and a, and a couple more today, I think, as well. What does it take for them to come onto a national radio station and start crying? I mean, yeah. that's how bad and how desperate they are. And I don't know whether you know disability or par- any part of that is in the program for government, which seems to be a bit of a mess at the moment. But either way, I don't know whether any part of that is in the program for government at the moment, or what we're doing about that. What is there anything in there at all, Stephen? Yeah, there's a lot of things in there, and, and really, look, it is a good program for go- it, It's a really good program for government, but but it will be judged rightly on delivery, because you know it, it's easy to say good things need to happen, but actually the the, the proof is in delivery. That's and, it. They and need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. What's needed? What's needed is delivery. Okay. Well, well, so, well, well, hang, well hang on for a second, because I just want to yeah. bring Catherine into this. Well, Catherine Cox is head of communications uh, and care engagement at Family Carers Ireland. Good afternoon, to you, Catherine. Catherine, you've been listening to Stephen. What Stephen's saying, and I don't know whether you heard the show yesterday, but it was absolutely tragic and devastating to listen to primarily women. These women talking about how they're raising their sons and daughters twenty four hours a day. Uh, hi, Nyland. Thanks for having me on, and hi, Stephen as well. Yes, I did hear. Um, I heard Georgian in particular, and I know uh, Brenda as well. Uh, a carer from Cork. And look, to say that we're probably hearing similar stories, I'd say every single day is not an exaggeration because we have 355,000 carers in the country. About 90,000 of them are getting the carer's allowance. And that is mainly because it is, as they said, means tested. The income disregard on the carer's allowance. And what that means is, as you said, if a couple, for example, if they're earning more than 665 euros per week, then they'll either get a reduced rate or the carer won't get anything in carer's allowance. Yeah, Ger- Gerling way, gets nothing now, nothing. And our yeah. son Ethan, is he has Hunter syndrome and he's, he's close Absolutely. to end of life, like this poor 20, child. Yeah, and 24-7 care. And by the way, the income disregard for carer's allowance has not increased in 11 years. So it has not gone up. Also on top of that, 
we don't allow for deductible costs of caring. Like you said, um, incontinence where ex- additional heating for somebody who's providing care. So She wants a bathroom for things. Ethan. She wants a, a wet Absolutely. room, for example, all those. Because she can't, he's 18, he's a man. She can't carry him up the stairs. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And so, so family carers are struggling financially. They're struggling emotionally. And, and they're struggling. And Stephen mentioned their respite in particular. And if we look at then coming through COVID-19, before we even were hit with COVID, family carers were challenged and they were struggling. And co- this has come on top of that, meaning that their day services have been closed, their schools have been closed. And, you know, we got news last week that July provision for children with special needs in the schools will be coming back. So parents could see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. But then they're told that there'd be no transport to and from the school which means now hundreds and potentially thousands of family carers won't be able to avail of that. So it really lacks joint-up thinking. If you provide the school provision, you have to provide the transport to and for. So that's one issue that certainly a lot of families are... Okay, well, let's say we're one issue at a time as well, if we can, Stephen, too. The financial aspect of it, obviously there's an administration issue whereby I understand there are so many people who are getting hair allowance in this country. Some need it more than others, I think it would be fair to say, uh, because Mm -hmm. obviously some have more challenging difficulties difficulties to deal with on a day-to-day basis. But Stephen, can we not look at a a situation whereby we administrate each individual case rather than a blunt instrument and say, well, look, you're earning 665, you're off it now. You know what I mean? Can we not look at each individual case rather than this kind of blunt instrument? You've earned that much, you're gone. You're off the the book. Yes. Yeah, the short answer is yes. This binary approach uh, makes no sense whatsoever. You know, like I, I met a, a guy, another guy in, in Bray, he's a, he's a barman, uh, again, during the campaign, and he said he'd been offered uh, a new job, he'd been offered a promotion, and he couldn't take it because he had a sick little girl, and if he took it, he wouldn't be able to provide the care for her. So that's the kind of crazy uh, responses that, that, that mums and dads are forced into. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think the, the looking at the income disregard and looking at allowing the costs of care to be included would be a radical change. I mean, it sounds like common sense, you know. Well, it does, doesn't it? The state is saying, uh, we will look at how much you earn, uh, and we will see, therefore, if we're going to support you with a carer's grant. But if you're using half your wage, if you're left with almost nothing after caring for your little boy, your little girl, or your adult Well, think about this uh, logically. Think about this, Stephen. think about this logically. Geraldine, who was on the air yesterday and talked about Ethan, and it sounds like a lovely child, but unfortunately has extremely challenging illness, right? And, and she accepts the fact that, sadly, Ethan won't be with us too much longer. Uh, but the point is, Geraldine could have been out working, but she can't because she has to care for him. So she is in a situation where she cannot go to work. Surely, in some way, she has to be compensated for that because her job is now looking after her own son. So she has to be compensated for that because it's unfair not to do that. She's a human being and she deserves to be valued as well as being a mother. She deserves to be valued. And the idea that we would, just because her husband earns a little bit more, that mm-hmm. we should cut her off this payment, it's bizarre. It's just ridiculous. And it's it'd be different if she gendered. could. It'd be different. It's very gendered. Well, it'd be different it, if a child didn't have a, a massive attention. disability with massive challenges. Well, she could probably could work part time or whatever. But we have to take all that into consideration. She can't work. Can't. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. carers save the state now 10 billion euro every year. Um, so that's a very significant saving for a group of people who, to be honest, um, I have to say, have been ignored. 
um, by successive governments for the last 10 years. Um, and so, and you mentioned the programme for government and we welcome there are some very positive steps in that and promises in that, but they don't talk about increasing uh, the social welfare payment for family carers, for example. They talk about protecting social welfare rates. We don't want, we want to see those increase. In fact, ideally, you would see a wage paid for family carers for the work that they do, and they should be entitled to breaks, they should be entitled to respite, and they should be entitled to support, practical support, to allow them care safely for their loved ones at home. That's really what we need in a nutshell. And I, and I do understand, Stephen, it's not a bottomless pit of money either, and we have to protect taxpayers' money, and I understand all that. And Obviously, Catherine uh, obviously comes from a, a place where she has to deal with people on a regular basis who are distressed and distraught with what they have mm-hmm. to deal with. But, you know, it has to be a fairer system. It just has to. And every case is different, Stephen. There are cases, as I said, of people who have children with disabilities who the mother can go work part-time or the dad can go work part-time because maybe they're not that challenging. But there are other cases, clearly, where we have to look at each case individually and say, that person cannot work cannot, and the work that they're doing is providing a service to the state by looking after that child yeah that's exactly right it's exactly right I'll, I'll read you out if I can Niall some of the things in the programme for government which I mm-hmm. hope will, will begin to address this I'll just give you three so one of them is the, to extend free GP care to carers in receipt of the, uh, the carer support grant uh, which, which will help a second one is to deliver what's been called a carer's guarantee that will provide, I'm just reading from it now, okay. provide a, a core basket of service, uh, services to carers across the country, regardless of where they live. That's one. It, there aren't details on it uh, intentionally because it's one we want to engage with people like Catherine, carers themselves, mm-hmm. to figure out what needs to be in that basket. And then a third, and I really think this is important, is examine options for pension solutions for carers, the majority of whom are women, particularly those of incapacitated children, in recognition of the enormous value of the work carried out by them. So there's three of the, the pieces in the programme for government that I certainly hope will help. Well, I, I do believe, Catherine, that is something that, that Geraldine talked about yesterday was valuing them as a human being. And I think that certainly addresses that aspect of it in regards to a pension going forward, because the last thing you want to see is somebody on a non-contributory pension at the end of all that after spending their whole life caring for somebody around the clock. <clears throat> but I, I'm assuming you also believe Catherine just doesn't go far enough. Yeah, look, to be fair, we welcome those. They're probably taken almost directly from our own pre-budget submission. And I know um, Fianna Fáil had it in their own um, pre-election manifesto as well. We absolutely welcome those very promising uh, steps uh, towards supporting family carers. Absolutely. But there are some things then that are lacking. And as I said, going back to the social welfare payment. But uh, they are promises in a programme for government. I suppose for a lot of family carers out there today, they're struggling today. And some of those things will probably take the life uh, term of a, a new government as well. So for today, family carers need to see practical support to allow them to care. Um, things like preventing them reaching burnout. And I think Stephen mentioned counselling for family carers. That's really important, it is Family Cares Ireland. We are able to provide that counselling at the moment. Now, it's online counselling, but it's done with qualified, certified counsellors. And we do have uh, counselling hours to offer any family cares out there. I'm assuming you're getting funding, by the cares. way. I'm assuming we, you get, yeah. 
We do. Now, actually, the funding we're using for a lot of the work that we're doing at the moment has come from corporate sector, like Tesco Ireland, Irish Life have been very supportive. We also get some state funding, but not enough to meet the demand of the supports that are required. But the counselling is actually being funded through dormant accounts, which is government funding as well. We do have uh, places there, and if people want to call um, our free phone care line, it's one 800 24 um, and that service is available. And also we have in-home support hours as well, which is really important to give carers a break, um, even if it's just to get out for a walk. Yeah, just go to the pictures or something like that, just to get um, just to get away and give and their mind the rest. Well, yeah. obviously, when, when COVID goes away. Well, listen, thank <laughs> exactly. you very much, Neil Catherine. I appreciate you coming on the air. Stephen, uh, thank you for taking the call today. I know you're a busy man, particularly at the moment, and I know you're a good guy, and I know you do want to do something about this. But after listening yesterday to Geraldine in particular, uh, my heart was broken, absolutely broken, listening to her, and the fact that she was cut off and she had no one to turn to. No one. That was just the law. That was just the rules. And maybe you'll take that up yourself. maybe Because I know she's been on Facebook and everywhere in relation to it, you know, that her case is quite extreme and this money was cut off. I mean, I just... Specific, yeah, Niall, I, I, I share it. I, I, I tell you, as I was saying, when you meet, when you meet the parents who are, who are helping their children in this way, it, in one way it is inspiring. Uh, their strength and their dedication Absolutely. and their love is, is incredible. It can be very upsetting. I tell you, actually, for, for me, it's one of the things that keeps me going. Because mm. politics uh, is not is not always a great place. Oh to no! Be. Look, the, I mean, a, forget about the politicians and the talk right? show hosts. These these women, in particular, that I talked to yesterday, they're amazing people. Yeah, the and, strength and actually, they have is unbelievable. Yeah, and 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 if you could get the chance to make their lives a little bit better and make their children's lives a little bit better, actually, it's one of the things that keeps keeps you going. If specifically on the case you talked about yesterday, if you want to give my details. Through, through your own team, yep. uh, please do. I'm more than happy to, 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 to talk to Geraldine and see if there's anything we can do. All right, I appreciate that. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Stephen Thank Dolly. you so much. All right, there you go. Stephen Donnelly, Fianna Fáil TD for Wicklow and spokesperson for Health and Disability. Um, and a lot of people, by the way, still texting in and calling in. We got so many emails yesterday in relation to the story. We hadn't planned to run the story. And thank you once again to Geraldine. You're an amazing woman, very strong, powerful woman. And most of the women that we spoke to yesterday, I don't know how they do it. I wouldn't have the strength. We were talking about it after the show myself and Helena and I suppose if you're in that situation you have no choice but to find the strength from somewhere but I just said I couldn't do it I wouldn't have well maybe I could if I was in that position and thankfully I haven't been in that position but I don't know where you would muster the strength up and I talked to one woman yesterday who hadn't slept at one stage in seven days I mean how do you operate as a human being getting little naps for seven days maybe a 10 minute nap here and a 10 minute nap there until you have to get back up again because her child didn't know the difference between day and night, didn't need, seem to need sleep on a regular basis. And I know there are a lot of parents out there listening today who absolutely understand this completely. I don't, but there are parents. And maybe if you want to give us a call, the number is 1850-410-494. Maybe you have a child who has a disability, uh, you know, and you've been in this situation. Maybe you've been cut off. As you see, the new programme for government is going to do something about it. And um, there seems to be positive steps in there and recognising your value in society. Let me know what you think anyway. Are you happy to hear what Stephen had to say about the programme for government? 087-188-0008 is the text number and WhatsApp number. We must do something about this. We must value everybody in society and value those children as well as members of society who deserve and have rights to be looked after properly without putting their own parents into bad health while they're doing it. I've been mean, looking at some of the reaction coming in. So he says, Niall, it's amazing. Uh, I was listening to your show yesterday. I didn't plan to hear what you were talking about, but in the end, I was absolutely addicted to listening to those women and how desperate their situations were. 
Yeah, it was. And we got so many emails from people who were in that situation and thanked us just for highlighting it. I mean, isn't that shocking that women have to come on the air? And primarily, I know I keep saying women, by the way, and I know there are guys out there. Sorry, lads. There are guys out there who are looking after their children who may be single dads. And, I, and you know, I may have a child with a disability. And I appreciate that. But primarily, it is women that are in these situations. Um, uh, the majority of carers in this country are women. So when you look at the situation that you're in, that these people are in, that they have to come onto a radio station in the middle of the day where they will be recognised and cry their eyes out, desperate for help. How desperate do you have to be to do that? I mean, and how is that affecting their mental health? It's, it is shocking, absolutely shocking. Maria, uh, Maria, sorry, um, Maria Trace, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. No, thank you. Um, you care for your daughter, Laura. Yes. She's Laura, thir- 39. Uh, Laura will be 40 in July. And obviously we've cared for her from day one. She's would be on the severe to profound disability spectrum. Now, she's a happy person. Yep. But she is totally dependent, eating, drinking, um, doubly incontinent, um, has no sense, has the sense of maybe an 18-month-old happy, watches Barney, but needs 24-hour care, doesn't go to bed till I go to bed. And um, does she sleep when she goes to bed? She sleeps, but if you make any kind of a noise or if I was to creep out of the room, by the time I get to the first step, she'd be awake. Okay. She has a radar. Right, okay. <laughs> inbuilt radar. So, you know, I go to bed so that she can sleep. You know, and she would maybe get four or five hours sleep, but the slightest, you know, even if I turn over in the bed and I don't sleep that well, maybe myself, she'd hear me and she'd sit up. You know, I, I've, because, you know, in my circumstance lately, I haven't been sleeping that well. And I look at her when in, in the night and she could be playing. She'd be sitting up in her bed playing with her teddies or, but she's not, she's never really switches off. And do you get respite at all? Um, I did. I used to get respite. Uh, she goes to St. Michael's House for a day centre. But we have, since COVID, and I know COVID is a situation no one could have foreseen, but we seem to be last on the list for the reopening. I know, you know. what you mean, yeah. There, there's, no, there's, not, there's no solutions for you, yeah. There's no solutions. There's not even a flicker of hope. They're, they're not saying, you know, they're saying the pubs, the hairdressers, you can go have your GAA game, now you can go and have a swim. But you can't send your uh, vulnerable, dependent child anywhere so you can have a break. Yeah, and I know people, I, I know people listening, people listening have no concept of what it's like to refer to a 39-year-old as a child. Uh, yeah. You know, because your 39-year-old is a child for all the world. Uh, oh, she is. I mean, she's the size of a 12-year-old and the the mental ability of an 18-month-old. She can kind of understand what you're saying. She has a few words. She can... Can she you know, feed herself? No. She could if she really wanted to. She, You know, she has the physical ability to do it, but she doesn't have the, the mental wish to do it or the mental, you know... So... She, 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 so I spoon-feed her. She can hold a cup and drink it herself. Okay, so you're feeding her... Yeah, I'm assuming you're dressing her. Dressing her. Washing her, bathing her. her. Yeah, washing, bathing. And even it's the physical things that we miss as well, as well as her missing her friends and missing her routine. Physically, for me to wash her and change her, 
you know, I'm not a big, strong person. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, and I know. You know, it's physically taking it out on me at this stage. And three or four months down the road, and no, no hope. Is she cooperative, and, by the way, when, you, when, you, when, you're, when you're washing her and dressing? Ah, she is. No, yeah. she is. Yeah. yeah, she is. She's, but, you know, if you can imagine changing an 18-month-old but the size of a 14-year-old, and you're doing that four or five times every day, you're having to shower her. And, you know, when she went to her day centre, they would give her a shower. And all these little things help you cope so that when you come home, when she would come home from her day centre, you, you're, you, you've had a little bit of a break you're able to cope with the next, you know, 16 hours on your own with her. Yeah. Um, but, but we're not even being given a little flicker of hope. It's, so that's, you know, that's been your life then for 39 years? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and I'm not... Can I, and I, can I ask you a question? I mean, do you, do you ever get to... I mean, I, does she get respite during the summer for two weeks? Do you ever get to go... Do you get to go away on holidays? Week, a week respite. Hmm. Uh, and then I do get weekends, like if I was going to a wedding or, you know, I ask specifically for a weekend, I'll get weekends. Okay. You know, that you book in advance and, you know, and then the odd time I've had cancellations where somebody couldn't go and they'd fit you in, you know. Right, okay, okay. You, you know, so I, I mean, I'm not complaining about that, but I'm just complaining in this COVID situation, we're not even being spoken about when the government bring out plans. And I know Stephen Donnelly said, oh, the programme for government, the programme for government. But I've been here 40 years and there's been plenty of programme for government and nothing really changes. I've spent my whole life fighting, fighting for respite, fighting for transport, fighting for daycare, fighting for... For an example, during COVID, Laura uses a wheelchair outside the house. And I live in a hilly area. I was finding it very difficult to push her up and down because we couldn't go anywhere except around the block. So I thought of getting a motor. A motorised chair, yeah. And, oh, no, you have to jump through this hoop, that hoop, the next hoop. And how much much is a motorised wheelchair? I ended up buying it because I had no choice. Okay, how much was it? It was a thousand euros. Oh, my. And and there's no grant available for that, is there? They don't think you can apply for it in retrospect. You know, you just get... Because you, you wanted it there. You wanted it. You needed it. I wanted it, it yeah. during COVID. I couldn't yeah. go anywhere. I'm bringing her for walks is a way... Yeah, you can't be waiting to be filling out forms in six months for someone to approve it and all that kind of carry yeah, on. Yeah, you, you wanted... You have an OT to come to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set, you know, and it's just... has. It's always... They put, you know, a roadblock in front of you. This is what they do. And people come along and they've great intentions. But in fact... Not a whole lot changes. And can That's she use can she use the electric chair herself? No. No, you have to operate it I for. To, it's, yeah, so it's an it's so that I can push her and have a bit of power. Of course, so you so the, the controls are up where you push her rather yeah, than where yeah, she is. You know, okay. She wouldn't have the yeah. you know the sense. Yeah, of course. Too, no, no, I understand. You know, I understand. Yeah. You know, and and around the house, she can kind of walk around holding the furniture, and yeah, she can go up and down the stairs on her bum. Okay, uh, but. Just to get out during COVID, and yet that that didn't happen. But see, none of us until listening to this, and I didn't in my own ignorance. Mm. You know, I mean, we we didn't 
understand the life that you live and leaving Laura aside and, and I'm not yeah. disregarding Laura or Ethan yeah. you know uh, Geraldine's son that we spoke to yesterday who just sent me a wonderful picture by the way I'm sorry I was distracted slightly because um, Geraldine was on yesterday sent me a picture in yeah. there of Ethan and a picture yeah. of him a big smile on his face saying thank you very much uh, to yeah. the radio station for what we're doing today but in saying that we didn't have an understanding and I don't maybe we all have a better understanding of what life is like now for somebody like you you know, yeah, I and, mean, and it must—it must be difficult. I mean, I mean, not just difficult for—I mean, you seem fairly upbeat today, and you know. But I don't know if I could dedicate my life to somebody else. I suppose I'd have to if I was in that situation. Well, you would. Yeah. I, know, I often say to people, when people do say, "How do you do?" And I say, "But everybody has hidden strengths." That's what and I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You, you tap into them when you need them, but you do need help from other people. And I have a great family and friends, and they rally around and, you know, yeah. bring you a dig out. But it's just during this particular time, it brings home to you how invisible we are. We are absolutely invisible. Do you feel undervalued? Completely undervalued. I feel, you know, I have no value. I mean, I know I have plenty of value because I see my daughter, she's actually smiling at me now, and I have great value. And I have fa- value to my family and friends, but to the... The powers that be, I don't have any value. I just, you know. But you're saving them so much money because if you weren't there and your daughter ended up in residential care, yeah, well, they would yeah. have to pay. They and would I'd have to pay for like it. I'd like to know what's happening. Um, I've heard over the years that the money follows the the client or the, the yeah. service user. So you know, for three and a half months now, Laura has had nothing, and nothing, not a peep. Or, you know, and online. Is nothing to Laura. It doesn't mean any, you know, it's wasted, yeah. you know. So what has happened to her care package? If the money follows the patient, where... Where's the money? Where is her, where, where is her care package gone? Yeah. It's sitting there. Who has it? Has the government got it? Has her service provider got it? You know, I certainly... And I'm not looking for money. I just want help. I just want to be able to continue doing this. Okay, well, well, hold on for a second, and, and there's so many people want to talk to you about it. Mark, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Mark? Hi, Niall. Come here, firstly, thanks very much for bringing this up again today. <clears throat> okay. Um, right, you know what? I was all composed and until I started listening today and listening yesterday. This life is just not fair. L- listen to these stories here. Our son is seven now, next month. He can't sit, stand, walk, talk, can't feed himself. He can't do anything what's, at all. What's wrong with him, Mark? It's, it's a condition called KCNQ2, which is around 800 um, in the world. Right, okay. Um, the oldest alive on Eric was born was eight. Uh, a 25-year-old has turned up, so we do know that the inevitable is going to happen. Um, but there's and, a little bit of hope there, it seems the oldest is 25. Yeah, yeah, and please God, like yeah. if we get 25 years, that'd be great. But Niall, that straight away highlights the problem there. At 25, 30, my wife would be at retirement age. She yep. comes to retirement, she'll have no pension. She's She worked for 21 years paying tax, um, full tax, and now as soon as Eric came along, obviously she had to give up work because course, yeah. Eric's incapacity, he will die without the care she gives him. Um, she gets no recognition whatsoever. She was getting half-rate carers. On March the 5th, I got a €70 euro rise, and we've now lost €125 euro because I got a €70 euro rise before tax. Oh, my. It's... Well, no, well, this is what I talked to Stephen Donnelly about earlier on, about looking yeah. at each individual case and the seriousness, obviously, of each individual case. And the idea that you would cut somebody off on a blunt instrument rule is 
just ridiculous. Now, he did mention, by the way, in relation to what you mentioned about pensions, that the new programme for government does establish that um, that pensions will be protected for those people who have been caring for people all their lives. Well, so, they're examining options for pension solutions for carers, yeah. particularly those. And I, I think it's a wonderful general. idea, yeah. Hopefully so, that'll be the case. If, Niall, just, just a little brief pass on myself. I spent 1,057 days with two friends outside government buildings to... Um, to secure legislation for an automatic right to a medical card for all children in receipt of DCA. That was a legislation we got in three years ago. And since that day, I've been working closely with government, with Regina Doherty, to address carers. Okay, this um, DCA, for those who don't know, is domiciliary care allowance. Domiciliary care allowance. Okay, so that, yeah, that would yeah. cover children, you know, with milder forms of autism and uh, all that kind of stuff as well. Because I'm assuming domiciliary care allowance is paid by the month, isn't it? That's the difference. By the month, yeah. yeah. It's, it's 310. But it, it, the medical card was the big issue for us. Of course, yeah. We were getting bills in 14 grand, 15, 20 grand every few weeks because Eric was high dependency. And um, we were refused the medical card because, again, I earned 60 euro too much at the time. So um, you want to be a millionaire to be paying those kind of bills. Yeah, you? well, look, we stuck to our guns. We got that one passed. Um, but and how were you paying those bills, Mark? I'm assuming you're not a wealthy man. No, 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 just an electrician. Um, <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know, how were you paying those bills? Well, look, Noel, you know yourself, um, when you scream loud enough and you stand outside government buildings, they tend to come along and say, we'll look after you for now. And um, we were given the medical card after a couple of weeks. Right, OK. But to be honest, that got my blood up. Well, you shouldn't, have had to fight, yeah, you shouldn't have had yeah. to fight for it. You shouldn't have had to stand outside government buildings to get it, yeah. Well, I, I decided once I got mine, as, what would I say, as a, there's your card, let's be quiet. I decided no parents should have to go through what we went through. And we fought, the, we fought the government and we got the legislation brought in. But this new one now at the moment, like Regina Doherty, and I'm sure if you can get a hold of her, she's probably willing to come on air about this. Incapacitated people will die without full-time care. Without the care provided to incapacitated people, they will die without the, without the care given. Regina knows this. She's spoken to us. It's in the programme for government. There's a simple solution here. You give them the recognition of a stamp. You give them the full pension. Therefore, they are working, they're, they're classed as working people. Mm. You give, yeah, so in other words, you give them credits, of course. You yeah. give them t- credits, yeah. So the, 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 the husband and wife should be recognised as a double working couple, because at the moment I'm working, I'm paying high taxes, we're, I'm earning too much for carers, but yet I don't get Wendy's tax stamps because she doesn't have any, and she's only an unpaid carer. Like she, and and even, even when the way you say that, she's only an unpaid carer. Yeah, oh, yeah, and that's yeah. shocking to even hear you yeah. say that. Yeah. In fact, the last value that Wendy had, and she doesn't mind me saying this, the last bit of value that Wendy had in this country was when TDs were knocking on the door looking for votes. Mm. And that's all Wendy is. It's just a tick on a card for them just before the election. Because she doesn't get paid for what she does. Um, she looks after a child, which is saving the state a lot of money. And sadly, a child, you know, who's in a very difficult situation. And, and I'm assuming that's round-the-clock care. But, you know, but between both of you, it's up in the middle of the night. It's, it's, it's 24 it's hours a day. 20, it's 24-7. Like, Eric can have a seizure. He can stop breathing. Like, she could be going through it now. There could be an ambulance on the way. I could get a call. We have to go. It's, this is 24-7. We have a 16-year-old son who, God forgive me, he's forgotten about no, I know, and we, we spoke about that yesterday. Yeah. The other children in the family tend to to get forgotten about it, which is very difficult and very sad as well, yeah. Like, all they have to, literally all they have to do here is recognise these amazing people. Just rec- There's people, like, and I'm not having a go with people who are on the dole or people who can't get work. But, pe- like, Wendy can't even sign on to say she's looking for work. 
because she can't look for work. She can't sign on the dole because she's a carer. But this she is what I said to study. Stephen Donnelly. That is their job. They they can't yeah. do any other job. So, you know, they're, they're ruled out of employment. So they should be paid for what they're doing. They can't even study. If Wendy wanted to progress her career, and God forgive me, for when Eric passes away, if Wendy wants to take up studying 20 hours a week, if she was recognised a carer, even that would be taken away because you're trying to study to further your career. Mm-hmm. They're the most unrecognised, undervalued cohort of people in the state. It must, break, it, it, it must break your heart because I know you're out working, obviously, and, and you know, obviously you're trying to earn a crust to keep the family going. It kills and, me. As I'm saying, it must break your heart to think of, no, of your wife, the person you love at home being. The people in the country. So out, out of the 44,000, um, a, a majority of those get either carers full or, or half-rate carers. So you're probably talking... 10, 15,000 people here that get no recognition for keeping their loved ones alive and st- saving the state hundreds and hundreds billions. of millions per year. Yeah. Well, no, it's billions. Yeah, it, billions. Go, it runs into yeah, billions yeah, every year, yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we costed this out, Regina, and she knows the figures, and I don't mind saying it. In, for in and around 120 million, that's 200 euro a week yeah. for carers. Mm-hmm. So for 240 million, it's 400. We can keep going on that figure. Give them a stamp. Give them a pension. And for God's sake, recognise them with a small bit of pay to say, yes, you are amazing people. And, and, or, they, are, you know and they are amazing people. We, we, we can always, we can go into the doll if they want and hand over the children and say, well, there you go, you do this, we'll go yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, I know everybody listening today, you know, knows that you do it for the love of the child as well, because obviously well, you love your child yeah, and, you, and you wouldn't do it, you wouldn't have it any other way. But and, the, and people say you wouldn't change, and I believe you me, I would change everything if I could. Of course you would. You know, it's I mean, of course, you would you would want Eric to be a perfectly healthy child to live as long as I'm going to live, hopefully, and you're going to live. Of course you would want that. But unfortunately, well, no, you're in the position thinking, you're in. We're already thinking, like, God forgive us, but what's better, that we, we, we die first or Eric dies first? Because when we die, what happens to Eric? You know, know. It's, you shouldn't have to think like that as parents. I know, that's the, and that's a very daunting thought, isn't it? I mean, that if you're in a situation where you have a child that you know, needs 24-hour care, what happens when you go? Because most of them will live longer. And I'm sure, Mary, that's something you've thought about as well, is it, with Laura? Yeah, well, Laura's, you know, I'm 65 and Laura is 40 in July. And, um, you know, while she's very disabled, her day-to-day health is good. Yeah, (laughs) I know. know? I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know... She's probably going to live longer than you. Yeah, so, I mean, what happens then? I have no idea. I have no idea. And it'll be, you know... A different story. I do you worry? Do you worry about that? Yeah, yeah. But I, I just try. You know, it's a bit head in the sand. You try not to think too far ahead because you're just coping week to week rather than you know what's ahead of you. But you know, they need to sit up and listen to what we're saying. We're the ones that know what needs to be done. Of course, well, because you're the ones at the cold front, basically. Actually, do me a favour, both of you. Stay there for a second, because I have to go to break, and I'm going to come back to you, Mark, straight after the break, and I want to come to Tracy as well. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number's 087-188-0008. So many people texting in about this. All right, just looking at some of the texts coming in. I am a father of triplets who are non-verbal autistic kids. I'm sitting in my car with the tears rolling down my face, listening to that poor lady. Nobody has any clue of what it's like with kids with special needs. Thank you for talking about this on National radio uh, sometimes ignorance is bliss for people please don't be ignorant everyone is different but are still people please don't call me as I'm way too upset to talk about it I mean Mark that's exactly what we're talking about isn't it that nobody understands unless you're in that situation people you're kind of like the forgotten people which is it's awful God forgive me you do you lose friends family members 
and friends tend to think, oh, while we're there, everything is great. Because, yeah, we put on the show when, when people are around. We try and do everything. As soon as people are gone, like, you're locked down. For the last three months, we haven't seen anyone. And we have to stay in lockdown now. There's one child in Brazil caught COVID with Eric's condition, and the poor girl passed away. So of we, course, we, they'd be very vulnerable, of course. We're, we're fully locked down. And can, can I ask you, Mark, Mark I mean... I'm asking you about your son, and I'm asking yeah. about your wife Wendy as well. And but how are you? I mean, how are you coping? Um, <clears throat> not great to be honest, but look, you just have to get on for the family and, and make it happen. Do you know what I mean? It's, and is is it a case of not seeing light at the end of a tunnel? Or I I don't know even know how that would feel. And I'm I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to upset you, Mark. I'm no, sorry. Like, you know what? There is, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. To be honest, like it's. I know, I know. This is life until the inevitable happens, and when that happens, the grieving kicks in, and I don't, I don't know what the end product is here, Niall, to be honest. It's, I know, um, I know. It it's, is, it's to it make, you, yeah. what you want is, you want his life to be as comfortable and as enjoyable as possible while he's here. And that's yeah, it. and make, make some happy memories. Yeah, like, of course. He, he doesn't even know any difference. Like, he, no, he literally no. doesn't even know who we are. But if we can make him smile, if we can make him comfortable, Change is not be feed him, just do what we can to make his life easier. Yeah, it does mean the world to us, but Okay, well, well hang on because I, I just I've only got three and a half minutes. I need to get to Tracy as well and another Mark as well. Tracy you're on classic hits. Stay there, Mark. Tracy, go ahead. Hi, how are you? You're uh, in a similar situation, you're also a carer. Yeah, I actually know Mark personally, so I've been working Very alongside tight. Mark. Um met the lovely Eric and I'm just heartbroken listening to Mark. Mm-hmm. I think people generally forget about the dads as well in this. And yeah, of like course. My own husband, and we have a six-year-old son, Noah, as well. Um, the struggle is for everybody. I mean, Willow was born um, on the 1st of December 2016, so she's three and a half now. Uh, she suffered a brain injury at birth, so um, obviously completely unexpected. <clears throat> um, she wasn't supposed to survive, sent home to die, and obviously she's still with us, and you know, big part of our family. But the day you have a child with disability, it's like a shroud is put over your life and you're shut off from the real world. Um, everything, every single thing changes. And you're on your knees from day one and you're fighting for every right for that child. And it never ends. And it's hard enough to fight to keep your child healthy and to look after her 24-7 because Willow is completely dependent, like Eric, on us mm. for everything. Um, she has epilepsy. I mean, at one stage, two years ago, I spent five months at Cabin Hospital because I stopped counting one day at 132 seizures. And you're 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 never 100% that you're you know on a day you're you're always just ready to to dash to, to go because you just don't know what happens. But how things change um, with your social life, with your family life, the pressure that it puts on you as a couple. My husband works. Thankfully, we have a really strong marriage. No one now is. That's something else, yeah, that I was thinking about yesterday. It does yeah. put a huge stress and yeah. strain on a relationship. I mean, it's yeah. good. It's a real good test for a relationship. If you can, if you can get through that, you can get through anything. And it, and you know, it was really hard to watch John struggle um, because mm. I can never understand how he's feeling, nor he can he understand how I'm feeling. And you do grieve because this is not what you expect. So you. Have but do you ever have time? To- I mean, do you have the time to actually sit down and? ask each other how you're feeling. I know that sounds like a question that a psychotherapist might ask you, but I mean, um, do, do you ever have time to, you know, ask each other how are you coping or, you know, how are you getting... Do you have those conversations? 
Well, I'm a talker. John's not a talker. So he would tend to keep everything to himself. But your time is limited that, that you have for each other. John comes in from work and I bombard him with 101 questions because I've been in looking after the kids all day. So this is human contact for me. He's tired after the day's you know, work, day yeah. at work. And, you know, thankfully we have a good system going, you know. But, you know, he has to come home to face this. You know, it's not just putting your kids to bed. Like, they're setting up all Willow's meds. She's on a feed at night. You know, you have to make sure that her feed goes in properly. She's on a peg feed. So it, it's not just putting kids to bed. So there's constant pressure. So it is hard to find time as a couple, but we do we do our best. I mean, I do have I do have a tiny bit of experience. My own sister, uh, her two two year old son, had a brain tumor removed, uh, going back many many years ago. Thankfully, now he's in his thirties. Now they said he wouldn't live to see ten, but he's thirty something now, and he's he's grand. But I mean, I, for three years she went through that whole thing with you know the peg, the feeding. He had a name for yeah. it. I can't remember the name he had for it. And you know he was very very ill. He was in hospital permanently nearly for two years. And I, I know they went through that sleeping in the hospital and then at home and and having to give up jobs. And I remember that whole thing. And I was a part of it, but but only part of it. I I, I wasn't at the cold face like you guys. And and that must yeah. Be- I, I, there was a stage that I was you know probably in the younger stage of grief, and it just used to really frustrate me and I used to just feel so annoyed that people got to go home and close their doors and then that was it it was over for them where we were living this constantly and you'd have people saying oh you have it so hard and I'd always say well it could be worse and it can always be worse and you have to make the most of it but you know you shouldn't have to fight for the right of a child because Willow's a child before her condition um, we live in just outside Kells in County Mead. I Actually, can you can you be a favour because I have to go to news. I'm asking we're running a bit late, and I want to finish this conversation with you after the break. So if you want to hang on, or either way, they'll ring you straight after the news, and I could talk to you then, Tracy. All right, because I would love to continue the conversation about uh, your story. And Mark, we, we certainly want to bring you back on the air too, and I want to get the other Mark as well. Um, all right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping numbers zero eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. Again, it'll consume the show, and I'm glad to hear it'll consume the show. Uh, by the way, just uh, during the break again with Seven Lee and Ashley, we're just talking about the whole situation. And I have Mark. Uh, I want to speak to Mark in a second, but I want to go back to Tracy as well and listening to all these people affect the COVID. I just love to give them all a big hug for what they're doing. Uh, Tracy, sorry, just to get back to you again. Okay, so you were saying that you live out in Kells, and yeah, we live um, just outside Kells and Mead. So as I was saying, Willow's only three and a half, so we're early days, I suppose, on this journey. Um, I'd like to add that I did, uh, 20 years ago myself, worked in special needs services, um, Chief of Gen House in Temple Oak. And in that time, I don't really think we're much further on um, with regard to resources um, and the likes. But anyway... Um, well, I know Mary Trays was on during the break who had been on talking to us earlier and she said even if they opened some of these services for half a day, the daycare services for half a day, just to give some of these parents, and um, particularly women, a rest, just a break. I mean, to think about... We were talking about it during the break and, and your life essentially is what we complained about, losing our liberty and our freedom there three months ago when oh, the COVID yeah, was mean, very strict the lockdown was strict that's your life it's an eye-opener for everybody but of course people can just go back to their normal day-to-day life and forget about um you know what what we've all been through and the kids will go back to school and people will go back to work but willow's three and a half um we live just outside Kel, so she's entitled to her two years um the ecc scheme for montessori yet there's no placement for her so I have to travel to Drumcondra to Child Vision and all we can get because they're so stretched with resources is one day a week. So we're already starting at the level of Montessori, struggling for everything, for schooling, for resources, for OT, for physio, for speech and language. Absolutely every single thing 
is a struggle. The resources aren't there. Um, I think, you know, really what I would hope would be the way forward was that the whole disability sector would be completely looked at um, how they assess, you know, the needs for a child. Because it should Cause be every child is different. Yeah, every, exactly. everyone's so needs are different. Yeah. And I mean, this, that's what I talked well. to Geraldine about yesterday when she was cut off from the carers allowance because her husband earned an extra hundred quid. So she and you heard Mark saying the same thing as well earlier on that he was cut off because he earned seventy five quid extra. They lost one hundred and twenty. So the whole idea that you just put this blunt instrument rule in that once you go over that amount, you lose your money, even from a financial, a monetary basis. I mean, that's ridiculous. We need to look well, at every case individually. To, yeah, and it's easy for them just to click figures into a computer and say, well, that's that done. But every single child is different. And every child's needs is different. So the, the likes of We Are Under Enable Ireland, you know, the, the, we, we're going forward in a new working system anyway. People are going to start working remotely and from home. So can we put the resources into the actual services themselves and not into these big buildings, these overheads? Let's look at the whole disability sector and let's see how we can make this work and better. Do, and do you, you feel... By sorry, parents, do you, by parents. Do you feel like our previous callers yesterday and today, do you feel undervalued? Do you feel that you're not being valued by society for the job that you're doing? And you are doing a job. I I worked, I was 41 giving up work. So effectively I'd worked for 25 years because I had a job from 16, always worked my whole life. So, you know, I earned a good salary. I contributed. I paid high taxes. That's all pie in the sky now. You know, that was a waste of time. Why did I contribute to society when society can't support me? And John is still working and he's paying high taxes. We have life insurance, health insurance. We have our own mortgage. If we, we will have to adapt the house for Willow, we'll have to self-fund that. So why do you, you know, why is it there's such a big divide that those that contribute to society are the ones that are penalised in the end? Mm-hmm. You know, no, no, I get you. And, and I get I'm you. not putting people down, but it's very, it's very easy for people to gain social welfare as well. Um, but then for people who are honest and work their whole life, and are in genuine need, they're hit with every single obstacle. And there's nothing so, there for them to help them no. and support them at a time of need, I suppose, is the point you Yet make. John is still contributing. And how, and how is, I mean, I asked Mark the question, I asked the, the ladies yesterday too, and I think it's important that I ask you the same question. How are you? I mean, how, how I mean, leaving aside Willow, and I know you love her and you wouldn't change anything for the world. Yeah, but, absolutely. But how are you? I mean, I mean, as a human being, I, I mean, how's your mental health? How is it affecting uh, your life? Right now, I'm really good. I think I've come out of it all, but let me tell you, it wasn't good for a while. Like, you know, I actually said it to my mum last week. I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It was an absolute wagon. Like, it was always just so angry and God love her. She got the brunt of everything. Yeah. And my family are amazing. I think the hardest thing for me was to, to watch Noah and the struggle that he went through. Um, and, you mm. know, first year in Montessori, the first six months, they, you know, the, well, just, uh, I don't want to go into the ins and outs, but he ended up having to change Montessori because they just, I suppose, didn't have the skills to understand what we were going through as a family. Yeah. He was two and a half when Willow was born. His whole world was just blown apart. I can imagine, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a, a cooling cost, it's called, sitting in our house for four months, and it was there in the event that Willow died, that she was putting that overnight, and then we take her back to Rotunda for an autopsy the oh next my. day. And that's how we were living. Uh, every every day was every day was a bonus, so to speak. Well, every day was a fear. Like you were yeah. absolutely terrified. You were afraid. You were sleeping with one eye open for the little time that. You but you look, I, and we all know what that's like as a, as a new parent. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I can only imagine what that's like as a parent who has the additional worry that a child is extremely ill. So but I think that for the other siblings, um, 
th- th- this is a forgotten as well. Like they are more forgotten. I'm more worried for my family, as in Noah and John, than I was for myself. I suppose. I mean, I remember Noah picking me up off the bathroom floor when he was three, and I was bawling, and just you know, it's okay, mom, it's okay, you know, it's okay, as he used to say. And looking at this child, going, this is just so wrong. Ha- you know what? I have that image in my head now, and that oh, it was horrific, absolutely yeah. horrific. And, and, and you and you were saying you t- you you said you were a wagon, you took it out on everybody else, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my poor mum, like she got the brunt of everything, and she was always fantastic. But you know, you, ha- you had to vent it somewhere, and unfortunately, mm. um, if she was there, sometimes she got it. Okay, well, do, do me a favour, just stay with me because I want to go to Mark as well. He's been waiting for ages there as well. Mark, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Mark? Hey, How you doing, Mark? And I'm sorry for leaving you waiting so long. I do apologise. Uh, you're a carer for your 16-year-old son. Yeah, yeah. Leo is 16. Leo's um, a, well, it's, it's diagnostic. There's these profound intellectual disabilities, severe autism, and a number of other conditions that are undiagnosable due to the severity of his. Um, yeah. Of, of his. So, in, in other words, I mean, you basically are his eyes, his ears, and everything else. So, you, he's he's not independent. No, no, absolutely not. No, he he is doubly incontinent. Um, he needs full time support. He, he also has been diagnosed with PICA, which means he eats inedible right objects, and he would um. Big danger with Leo is choking. choking okay. Hazard. So he just pick up like a baby. He'd pick up things and just stick it in his mouth. Absolutely, he will aggressively do it. So he will actually force things into his mouth and hide them to do so and things like that. Right. Okay. My gosh. Um, and and again, like I asked other people, is he does he sleep much or is he awake a lot? And well, the sleep is the big thing. We've been battling with sleep for years with Leo. Leo went eleven months one year with only sleeping one night a month. Oh my god! Um, and it is a constant. It's constantly an issue. You know, we we are constantly revisiting his sleep and the techniques we use and things like that. And I, I'm assuming you've tried, they've tried all the obvious, you know, the, the drugs that are available to help him sleep or the ones that he can take, maybe. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, uh, it's not really drugs. Melatonin is the main thing. It's, it's a, a hormone supplement. Right, okay. And um, we are going in other directions at the moment and, and trialling other, other drugs, I suppose. So but he, he, he just had no concept of day or night, basically. Sorry? He had no concept of day and night. Not really, no. No, he will get tired. He will, when Leo gets, the less he sleeps, the higher he gets. So the less he sleeps, the more active he is. And um, the tar- more tired I am, which actually puts him in danger more so. Of course, yeah, because, because, you, know, yeah, because you can't be as responsible as you, as you would be yeah. when you're alert. Yeah, obviously. You Absolutely. Know? There's been some uh, fantastic points made. I, I, the real point I'd like to, the points I'd like to make is there has been no political will for change regarding carers or caring in this country. Mm. The, the institutions are actually in place in Ireland. We, we've a number, we, we ratified the CRPD, that's the UN Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities, in 2018. There's an article in the convention that protects, protects family from economic challenges regarding a person with a disability, that they should not be. That the, why that's not enacted is, is we only half our stomach. You know, we didn't enact the protocols. We didn't adopt the legislative end of the convention, which other countries have. We have the National Disability Authority in Ireland who are funded by the 
the, the Department of Justice, they sit under the Minister of Justice. Their sole role is to disability proof legislation. But time after time, we have legislation passing that has, has actually been harmful to people with disabilities and their families. They're not doing their job, and they have a huge budget. We have Fine Gael, the only party who took actually took money away from carers. They took nearly 300 euros from the carers' grant. Fianna Fáil put carers in the social welfare, which it was under health. When it was under health, there was actually a little bit of leeway when it came to the means that you could make a point, you could make an argument, and you might get something back. You might get your, your package, your home package, or you might get some... In other, words, in other words, you were treated as a human being with respect of that they would look at each individual case and on its own merits. It seemed yeah. that it was a better system. Yeah, yeah. okay. You, know, that you felt that way. Um, to quote a, a, a carer last year, who, a lady whose name I cannot remember, but she had an article in the, I think it was one of the big papers, the Times or something, and she classed caring as state-sponsored slavery. I think, you know... We we basically don't have a choice to care for our loved ones. Of course, and and, and by the way, you, you you would never renege on that choice either. I mean, you want to care for them, of course. Yeah, you can. So you have to put up. Of course, and you but you just want to be supported. Exactly, and it's the support that is just taken away from us. And we do hear what what Mister Donnelly said there. We hear that every time there's an election. Every time there's something happening, we hear this from politicians. I, you know what? I've had Stephen on the show before, Stephen Donnelly, and I'm not, I'm not flying his flag, and I'm not particularly a Fianna Fáil fan anyway. But in saying that, you know, I genuinely believe that Stephen Donnelly's heart is in the right place, and I genuinely believe that he will do something or try to do something. Yeah, well, they're all human beings. I mean, I do believe they have it as well. But it actually following through on actions has never happened. No, I understand. You know? And well, well, I know we're going to hook up Steve with Geraldine earlier on because she was the initial per- case that we talked about yesterday and that's led on yeah. to talking about this for nearly two days now. But And I think it's well worth the conversation. I'll give it as long as we need to give it uh, to make sure that something is done about it. But, I mean, your life... I mean, what, can I ask you how old you are, Mark? I'm 51. Okay, and so for the last 16 years of your life, can you remember when, when Leah was born, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you were given that... New, I mean, when, you wouldn't have known that, I suppose, at birth. I no, mean, not at all. So yeah. you, you, the, the trajectory your life is on, you know, when, when a new child comes, you know, you, you have plans, you see the future. So when is when he's well, to be honest with you, when we received his diagnosis, we thought a year or two in a special school or something, and then he'd be grand, yeah, you know. But yeah, I mean, because he wasn't reaching. I'm assuming you, you noticed, uh, you know, maybe eighteen months, two years when he wasn't reaching yeah. milestones. Well, he, yeah, he did. It, really, what happened with Leo was his speech went initially. Yeah. So he lost a little sp- bit of speech that he had got, and that started investigations and led to a diagnosis then. Okay. That, you know, and then... And how, you know, I mean, I, I, how are you coping? Because you, you're a human being too, so, you know, and obviously, you know, Leo depends on you to cope. So how are you coping, and how is well, your other half coping? You're barely coping. I mean, you're just barely existing. It's not... um. It's not a life I would wish on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard one because you have to stay positive. You have to stay. It's very difficult to stay positive, isn't it? You know, when, when you're not it, getting it the support is. you need. And some days you can't. Some days you just lose the plot and crash. Will you stay in the car, please? Yeah. But, but it, you just kind of have to drag yourself up and have to go on, you know? 
You've no choice. Well, you don't. Well, you don't. And you know that's obviously what I'm hearing from Tracy as well. Is that you don't have a choice. Of course, you don't because that's your child, and you have to do what's best for them. Uh, you know, I mean, and Tracy, I mean, you've been listening to what Mark is saying, and you know, in relation to the UN Convention and it not being implemented here in this country, that every parent, you know, of a child with a disability or a profound disability uh, should not be, uh, I suppose, challenged by the economical um, by their economical means. In other words, you shouldn't be faring off any any worse than anybody else. Absolutely not, especially when you've worked your whole life. I mean. W- the, the people who have your back in this and the resources that you have are the charities, Jack and Jill, Family Carers Ireland. They're the people that you rely on. That's so wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're out there raising money and working tirelessly to help all of us because we're so stretched, you know, as people, as parents, um, with resources. You can't rely on the government. So you have to rely on these people. And they, they can only look after Willow until she's five. Where do we go after this? You know, where are the resources? Where are the help? If they don't change this mean test, they're going to push people, you know, in, into financial stress. Yeah. Because, you know, you're financially stretched anyway, and you're putting money, extra money into your child. To, to, you know, we're going to have to adapt the house. She needs extra support, she's extra equipment. You have to think outside the box the whole time of stuff that, that your child can avail of. So it all costs money, and anything with the label disability on it is always five times more expensive. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course, so because specific equipment, yeah. Expenses again. I mean, it's it's just it's unfair, um, and it's really unjust, and especially in this day and age, that we're still struggling. You know, in this disability sector, it has to change, and it has to change now. Well, and there's no no more time for empty promises and words. Action. We don't need to hear all these manifestos and programs for global. We need to see action, and and we need to see it now. That's okay, well, look, on a, on a point that yeah, Mark, go ahead. Just in the last budget, something that slipped under everyone's radar. Previously, you could claim VASPAC on AIDS, on disability AIDS, on housing adaptations and things like that. But they took that away in the last budget as well. Right, okay. You, you can no longer claim the VASPAC now. I mean, it's just constantly... And why, why, why do they say you can't claim VASPAC? Surely, to be sure. honest, I hadn't. I don't know. Right, okay. they, it was initially you could claim VASPAC on everything. Now you can't. Right. Nobody brought it up, you know. They yeah, just it just to me, listening over the last two days, it just seems seems to me like you're being treated like second class citizens. To be honest with you, I've just been attacked constantly. Yeah, well, look, I, I'm going to have a, a vision in my head for the rest of the day of of uh, Tracy and her three year old child uh, telling her everything will be okay. You know, that's that's a vision I'm going to have Tracy in my head for the rest of the day, and I think yeah. everybody else could could see that too. You know, but I'm yeah, glad, Tracy, you're better now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I've got to that stage now where I can cry about it. Where before I was afraid, and because if I cried, I'll never get back up. Yeah, yeah. Almost, you know. Um, so you, you've got fear in you all the time as well. But you yeah. just got to make the most of it because if you don't, yeah. you'll just bury yourself and, and everybody. Yeah, just you. keep moving. I suppose. I suppose yeah, that that's yeah. it, really. Well, that's listen, it, yeah. Mark, I wish you well. All right, yourself and and your other half, well. and Leo. All right, and you too, and and hopefully uh, Willow has a wonderful, long, healthy life as well, Tracy. All right, thanks very much, Please, Thank you. All right, thank Bye. you. All right, uh, loads and loads of people texting in. And by the way, uh, Family Carers Ireland is, of course, the number you can ring if you do need any assistance, advice or help in relation to looking after somebody with a disability. And the number there is 1-800-2407-24. So that's 1-800-2407-24 is the number for Family Carers Ireland. Now, 
I'm glad we gave that so much time and there are still so many people texting. I could fill four or five shows with uh, people in exactly the same situation or very similar situation. Oh, I do want to read out an email to you there as well just before I finish that up. And it says, Hi, I am uh, Mary Trace's, one of Mary Trace's sons who's been on the show, which Mary Trace was on the first half of the show with us today. Uh, I've seen my whole life what women and parents like my mum have to go through to fight tooth and nail to get the legs of respite and being recognised as carers. Uh, those like my mum and my sister Laura have always been the forgotten ones in society, like not seen, not heard. Government needs to do more and recognise the needs of the likes of my mum and sister to do, uh, do more to help out the likes of all parents out there with children with special needs, etc. It angers me that in today's world they are still forgotten about um, by those in charge of our country. They aren't asking for much, just to be recognised and the likes and uh, more respite to give these amazing parents a rest. That comes in from Roy, who is uh, a son, actually, of Mary Trace, who was on a little bit with us earlier on. All right, well said, and you're right, absolutely 100% right. The number again, by the way, somebody just wants to know what's the number again. It's um, yeah, Family Carers Ireland, and it's... Um, one eight hundred twenty four zero seven twenty four. Okay, so one eight hundred twenty four zero seven twenty four. Sorry, I got that wrong there. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hits.